Good morning. Good to be here with you again. We live in challenging times, don't we? We really do live in challenging times. And uh, we live in times that are getting darker. Uh, and uh, we see the darkness descending upon the nation that we love this nation of Scotland and not only is the darkness descending upon the world uh, is uh, uh, in fact depending uh, or, or is dropping on those who are part of the so called church isn't it sad when a church of Scotland minister stands up and says that the preaching or the theology of the atonement is ghastly theology you know, isn't that a travesty? Isn't that a, a, a real, uh, 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 almost putting up your, your hand to God and saying, everything Jesus did is of no avail. And you know, that's the days that we live in Scotland. And there was not one real voice was raised against that, except the moderator from the Free Church of Scotland, uh, Andrew Robertson. He... Uh, he had a debate with the minister in Edinburgh. The church was packed. He asked for it to be recorded and they, they said it would. When he got there, he discovered it wasn't going to be recorded. They said, well, I'm not going to head unless this debate is recorded. The Church of Scotland uh, very quickly went and got the recording stuff to do it. The moderator wished to chair it and he had a sore throat so he couldn't come and there, there was someone else chairing that meeting that night. When when David asked for the, uh, for the recording of the debate, it had already been destroyed. The Church of Scotland said that they destroyed it and there would be no copies made. Andrew, Andrew Robertson being a, a, an astute man, I don't know if you know Andrew, I think he was down at the, at the, at the men's night one night, is that right uh, Sandy? He was down, he's a great apologetic, you know, he, he can go on radio, in fact a lot of the, 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 the humanists won't appear with him on radio if he's going to be there because they know that he, they won't win, uh, that's the type of man he is. So being a astute man, two of his, uh, of, of his leaders came down with him and they recorded it on their phones and so there was a recording made of the, of the debate. Uh, but isn't it sad when the so-called National Church in Scotland denies the atonement, uh, the very basis on which our faith is built, uh, the very means in which we can come into fellowship with God, and yet we, so we live in a day which is dark and we live in a day which is uh, getting darker, and therefore we live in a day where the church can shine brighter, because that's where the light uh, uh, shines in the darkness. Now I never noticed this before, but I, I always went to try it out on Facebook, you saw a picture of a match being lit against the wall, and there was a shadow of the match, but you couldn't see the light. If you hold a match and it's lit partly against the wall, you'll see the shadow of the match, but you won't see the light because the light is dispersing the darkness. And so we are in a day where we are able to shine, where we as a church, the true church, the body of Jesus Christ is able to, to fulfill the, the, the words of the Lord Jesus when he said that you are now the light of the world. And you have to be cities set upon a hill that cannot be hid. 
and if you're in the house and you put a light it's not to be put under a cover but it's to shine so that all in the house might see and it's also to the individual that when you walk about you light the path of the individuals we have a tremendous opportunity in this day and age in which we live of being lights that shine the way to the gospel, amen. And so it's just, it's just so sad uh, that these things are, are, are happening, but it gives us the opportunity to just to shine for Jesus. Uh, my heart in the past few weeks have been uh, looking at the call of God in our lives because I think that this is a day and age in which the call of God is going to be so important because we need to know what the call of God is in our lives and when knowing what the call of God is we are able then to walk in the strength of that and the power of that to fulfill the plans and purposes of God today. And uh, I meet so many Christians who ask me, how do I find the call of God for my life? Uh, 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 this, is, this is Christians that's been on the, on the, on the road for a, a number of years, and they, how sad it is they still have not come into understanding of what the call of God is on their lives. You see, I believe that we're in a day where there's no pew fillers in the ecclesia, where there is uh, every, every member of the body of Christ has got to be active in active service, you know. Uh, I, was just, uh, I, was, I was just thinking, I woke during the night and I was just thinking about that expression, uh, an, old, an old seafaring expression, that uh, uh, all hands on deck... You know, because uh, we're in a situation where we need all hands in deck, where the, the church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia needs to rise up as one and to be actively involved uh, in, in fulfilling the plans and purposes of God. Another expression was all hands to the pump. If, if the boat was sinking and uh, apparently uh, all hands to the pump, it was all hands and the cook to the pump because the cook was, was part of the, or the ship underneath and he didn't uh, go when all hands were needed on deck but when all hands were needed on the pump it included the cook I didn't know that but it's interesting what you can find on Google you know <laughs> uh, and uh, just uh, uh, we need all hands on deck we need every member of the body of Christ being active and active not only on a Sunday but active in our, our daily life because wherever you are you are a kingdom insider okay, I want you to think about that phrase you are a kingdom insider you are in touch with the living God, the Holy Spirit who searches out the deep things of God is able to bring these to you the body of Christ and wherever you go you carry that You know, and I, I think that's amazing that God allows us to be, and I call them the kingdom insiders because we get inside the places where the folk would never come to a gathering like this but you take Christ to them by your persona by who you are, by how you act and by the grace that's upon you and by the favour that's upon you and it is uh, able to, to walk in your calling and to fulfil that calling. Now there's many scriptures that I could, I could go to this morning, I could just turn to so many of them but I'm just wanting to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying and where we begin this morning. You see, we can miss our calling. I think the greatest tragedy in life is not death. But I think the greatest tragedy in life is a Christian who never ever found out what their true calling was and never had the opportunity to fulfill it. You know, I believe that we all have a calling. 
And we all need to know what that calling is and to move in it by the power and by the grace of God. I was just uh, sort of sharing just before I start to preach this morning. I was sharing with Graham about a guy called Gary Dyhall. Now you'll not know who he is. Even Graham didn't know who he was. He, he was uh, he was to the fore before even Graham was born. But I want to say because of Gary Dyhall not fulfilling his commission, Graham and Nicola and the family have actually come into the good of his sort of feeling and his calling and you've got to say wow how does that work <laughs> well in 1973 Gary Dyhall was a, a, a writer of operating systems for computers in 1973 the computers were completely different from what they are today and he, he was writing and he wrote a, a, a programming language called CPM and then uh, you say, where, where's Bert going with us? Okay. Uh, so that was 1973. 1980, IBM was starting to come out as the big international business machines. And they asked this Gary Dyhall if he would write the operating system for the IBM systems. And he had one or two meetings with them. And, uh, and he, he looked as if he was going to write it. And then he got a new airplane. And the, the crucial meeting that he was supposed to be with IBM, he was flying this new plane. He thought this was far more important and IBM would wait for him. But IBM didn't wait for him. And IBM then looked at another small company and it was, it was called Microsoft <laughs> and it was uh, headed up by a, 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 a much younger man called Bill Gates at that time. And so when they approached Bill Gates, he then took up the challenge and wrote the, this new operating system for the IBM machines, MS-DOS it was called at that time, which was the precursor to Windows. And uh, you see, I thought we came to have a Bible teach this morning. Uh, not, but uh, just to, to, to show you that, uh, that to fulfill your calling, it's so easy to, to get distracted. But if it hadn't been distracted, Graham wouldn't have a job with Microsoft today and Nicola wouldn't be kept in the style to which she is accustomed to. Uh, and, uh, and so, but it's just knowing what your calling is. And uh, I think we'll start. Let's go to Mark chapter 3. Let's go to Mark chapter 3. And then uh, uh, I want to maybe look at one other, uh, some other scriptures. I would love to go back to David this morning, but I don't think I'm going to get time to do that. And, uh, but Mark chapter 3 and verse number 13, we'll break into the chapter. Jesus has arrived on the scene. He's pronounced that the time has come and the kingdom of God is near. Repent and believe the good news. And he's called one or two of his disciples. He's done one or two miracles. And uh, uh, Mark chapter 3, verse 13, we find him calling his disciples. And it says, as Jesus went up onto a mountainside and called to them those he wanted, and they came to him, saying, there is always a choice God is not a dictator he's not an autocrat he, he works by grace and he works by love and when he puts a call out into your life he is looking for a response of love he's looking not a, not a response of duty but he's looking for a response of love because of all that Jesus has done for us when he calls us then we want to make that move in love and not in duty and so he went up on the mountainside and he called to them those that he wanted I think that's, uh, that's nice too because our calling is 
according to the will of God, according to the purposes of God, according to the plan of God. And so when Jesus puts out this call, they came and they accepted that challenge and they came to him. That word, uh, we'll, we'll look at that word call uh, as we go through our preach this morning. And uh, the, the root word for this is just an invitation. That, that is the root word for the word calling. It's an, God gives us an invitation to partner with him and to work out his plans and purposes. Come on, isn't that amazing? That the God of creation, the God who controls all of this universe, uh, he issues an invitation to you and me, uh, to the body of Christ, to the church of God, to come and partner with them and to be part of his plans and his purposes. And so what an invitation goes out from God to each of us. He's inviting us. He is he's asking us to come and work with him. Oh yes, this is just amazing to think that God, the creator, would be interested in a guy like Bert McCaig. And yet he is. He calls us. He called me when I was 15 and he gave me a purpose for life. And I've carried that purpose. Not, not always at the forefront. There has been times when I've slipped away. There has been times when I haven't fulfilled that purpose. But God always comes back. He always comes back. And he always whispers in your ear. He's always, no matter how dark the circumstances are, if you have got a call on your life. I'm going to stop here. I'm going to uh, say this morning that call on your life, I want you to make that a lighthouse you see, and I want you to put that lighthouse up uh, in your mind uh, at the corner of your, of your vision and that's your call of God now no matter what the storms are when, when they come no matter how much you digress from the path, if you know what your calling is, you have always got that lighthouse in your mind you've always know that's my calling in God, no matter what people say no, no matter what the circumstances of life are, no matter how dark the night is, that's my calling in God and I'll keep my eye on that calling and I'll keep my eye and that'll be the guide through my life. Amen. I'm so glad for that lighthouse in my life. I really am so glad for that lighthouse that was in my life because there was many a day that I was wanting to give up. There was many a day that I thought that this was the end of me. Uh, there was days that were so dark but the lighthouse was there and God kept calling me back to his call in my life to be a preacher and uh, here I am. So it's I'm still fulfilling that purpose and for, for how long I don't know how God is, is going to work in days to come but it's having that lighthouse of the call and uh, embrace your circumstances where you are, you might say but Bert you don't know my circumstances, you don't know how, how dark my life is at this time you don't know the things that are coming against me I don't but God does but he still has put a call on your life and if you appreciate that call and you keep that as your lighthouse as your beacon then you can all we've been driving towards it you know I, 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 I caught a, a part of a program uh, about a couple of weeks ago and they were interviewing five ladies who were rowing across the Pacific Ocean why they wanted to do that I don't know but they had said that that was what they were going to do so they got this big rowing boat just a very small cabin in the front of the boat where they took turns that could only hold about two sleeping bags I think the rest of it was all out in the open and they put a live link up to up to uh, this, this boat and and uh, so they, they, they put a live link up and they, they said how are you doing and uh, the five said well we're fine we're doing fine we're, we're fulfilling what we set out to do but at the moment we're in the doldrums 
Now, uh, uh, we use the doll drums as if we're in a place it's, it's, it's idle, a place where there's nothing happening but when you were in a, a, in a sailing ship in days past and you got in the doll drums you could be there for a week, for two weeks for three. we've, we've got a sailor here this morning who, who have you been in the, in the doll drums? I have, we've got an engine though, so it's ok <laughs> you've got engines, so you're ok so you can get through the doll drums but uh, if, if you're if you, if you were a sailing ship and you were in the doll drums, it meant that you had to wait until the wind came by it's not always a place of calmness it can be a place of squalls it can be a, a, a place of strong winds but they were in the doldrums and I, and I said how many of us as Christians at times are, are moving in the doldrums we, 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 we know what the plan of God is for life we know what the call of God is we know what we should be, we should be doing but we're in a place where it's not just happening and so we need to get back into that place of, uh, of, of knowing that we were called by the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, you see Peter, I didn't mean to go down this road, but we'll just go down this road and see where the Holy Spirit takes us, okay? Uh, so here is Peter. And he gets this call uh, because he's named in the, in, in, in the 12. He gets this call uh, from Jesus. Now, we know his pathway. We can link up with his pathway quite easy because we often speak before our brains in gear, don't we? we uh, and, and that was Peter at times, wasn't it? He often spoke before his brain was in gear. And we, we berate Peter, but I want to tell you I'm glad of Peter because it makes my life uh, more understanding uh, in the light of, of the scripture because and here is Peter and uh, yeah Lord I'll never fail you Lord no matter who, who goes away from you I'll never leave you and, uh, and his, his heart was right I believe that he believed that that was right but Jesus says no 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 before the cock crows three times you will betray me uh, or, uh, or before the cock crows you will betray me three times and so that's, that's what Peter did can you imagine the, the, the sense of despair that when Peter looked on Jesus being led out of Pilate's uh, place can you imagine the look of despair that would be on, on Peter's face can you imagine the, the feeling that was in his heart Jesus, you, you've, I've walked with you, I, I've listened to you I've seen all your miracles I thought this day would never come the day that I would deny you and can you imagine him, him going away from that palace with a, with a feeling of utter failure utter failure and then, then Jesus goes to the cross completes the atonement amen goes into the, into the grave rises from the grave and his first words were to some of the women go tell my disciples and Peter you know isn't that wonderful that when God or the Lord Jesus puts a call on your life it's not just when you're successful that call is always on your life that call is always there in the mountain tops but it's always there in the valley and I'm so glad that uh, uh, we uh, used to be a poem used to go around I don't know if it's, uh, if it's still it's called the hound of heaven anybody heard of that, of that poem the hound of heaven it really speaks about the Holy Spirit who keeps on sort of chasing no matter where you are it's chasing you and it wants to bring you back and so here is Peter and uh, he goes back to the calling that he knew the calling in the natural he was a fisherman and he says well I'm going to fishing and the other said well I'll, I'll, I will come with you because it looks now that word I go 
in the Greek almost means he was about to retire from what he had been doing for the Lord Jesus Christ it's almost the same word that we use when we go to retire and here was Peter saying "Uh, I'm done with this I'm done with this I'm done with this I remember in 1994 to 97 I was almost at that same stage of saying I'm done with this I'm done with this and I thought that my life at that time was completely finished, that no longer could I be of any use to God, no longer could I be in, in service, no longer would I be in, in fellowship again, uh, no longer do I have all these uh, Christian friends who, who were my friends, but now were crossing the road and not speaking to me. I felt utter despair and utter failure. But you see... The hound of heaven keeps chasing us. He never lets us go. The Holy Spirit never lets us go. When you get the Holy Spirit, he is with you. He is with you until you are taken into the glory. And uh, so here's Peter, and he's out fishing and all night, and they caught nothing, and, and they're near the shore, and they see a stranger, didn't recognize who he was, and uh, he said, have you got any fish? No, we've never caught anything. Well, cast your nets on the right-hand side of the boat, and they did, and they caught that great amount of fish, and Peter then realized who it was, and it it, it was Jesus. So they all came ashore, you see, they all came ashore, and Jesus takes Peter aside, and I think this is lovely, Jesus takes Peter aside, and he brings him back to the the same place where he, he was originally called, by the Sea of Galilee, and he takes him back to that place, and he says, Peter, do you love me? You see, the basis of all calling is love. Peter, do you love me? Now, there's a play in words here, and if you're a, a student or, 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 or you're interested in words, the word that, that Jesus uses is agape. He's uh, saying, Peter, do you agape me? And Peter replies, you know, Lord, that I feel you. Uh, uh, it's, it's a different kind of love. And, uh, and the second time Jesus asked him, do you agape me? And, and Peter says, you know that I, I fill you, you, which is brotherly love. And then the third time Jesus comes right down to where he, where he is and he says to Peter, Peter, did you fill me? And, Jesus, and Peter says, you know, Lord, that I fill you. And so, you see, Jesus wants to bring Peter back, but it's got to be back under love. It can't be under a duty, it can't be under a sense of failure, I better do something right. It's a matter of love. And so, here is Peter being restored by love. Go and feed my sheep, go and feed my lambs, go and feed my sheep. And then, oh Peter, he rises again and he sees John and he says, what's going to happen to that man? <laughs> you know, we're always interested sometimes of what's going to happen to someone else. And Jesus says, listen, that, that, that's got nothing to do with you. It's got nothing to do with you. You have just said that I'm going to follow you. And so that call that God gives initially to Peter, that call that's already in your life, that call will never leave you. No matter what you, how you feel this morning, no matter how you feel a failure this morning, no matter how you feel you've never fulfilled that calling this morning, I want to tell you, there is still an opportunity to fulfill that calling. And Jesus says when he comes in and calls them, he gives them three things that he's calling them to. I'm not going to touch them because I just feel I want to move on this morning a wee bit. It says that he appointed twelve, he designated the apostles that they might be with him intimacy that they might that he might send them out to preach interaction with the, with the world and that they cast out uh, evil spirits intervention in the, the, the spiritual of darkness uh, territory that was the call 
And although uh, I, I believe that when we look at scripture, there's two things we do. There's interpretation and application. Interpretation is always done in context. Application, we can take it out of context and apply the principles that are used. And I want to apply that principle this morning. That there's a call of Jesus in other lives. And the first and foremost call is to preach the gospel. That is the first and foremost call. That was the commission that the Lord Jesus left his disciples. That they go and preach the gospel. And that's the first call in our lives. But we cannot do it unless we are intimate with him. We need to move out of a place of intimacy and love. Because if you preach the gospel out of duty, it will just be words. But if you preach the gospel out of love for the saviour, then it's completely different. Because you're telling someone about the man who loves you, the man who died for you, the man who forgives your sins, the man who promised never to leave you. Then when you share the gospel, you're sharing that out of love. You're not sharing that out of duty. You're sharing out of love and then we are allowed we have been given permission we have been given the authority because that word there uh, he gave them uh, you might say it, he gave them authority to drive it down is the word exousia in the Greek which is the right to do it the other word for power is dominus which is, 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 is the power to do it the might to do it but this word here it gives us the right to do it we have the authority from the Lord Jesus Christ that we have the authority to inter, inter, in, intervene in the things of the spiritual world. And I want to tell you this, that we're going to come into a time in Scotland where this is going to be more truer and more truer and more truer. We are going to come across far more of the spiritual darkness because the, spiritual, the powers of spiritual darkness don't want you and I to shine as lights. The powers of spiritual darkness don't want us to be who God has called us to be. And they will come against us in such a way to try and hinder us with their lies by whatever they want to do. And I want to tell you, uh, we need to know who we are in Christ in order to stand against all that's going to come against us. Because these are days are going to get darker and the call of God in our lives is going to get stronger. And... Uh, I'm upsetting all your stuff here, Lorraine, I'm sorry. And uh, we need to stand fast knowing that Jesus has given us the, the, the power and the authority as we're linked with him. You see, we have got to always be linked with the head in order to operate in the power and authority that he gives us in, in our calling. Let's turn over to, to 1 Corinthians. I feel I want to touch that a wee bit. Uh, now let's, let's go past 1 Corinthians, let's go to Ephesians. I'm, I'm leading a team just now and we're about to, to really look at uh, operating a school of apostolic ministries in order which we'll, we'll discuss this calling in, in people's life, not only in general terms but apostolic terms and to see how, uh, because I believe there's a new wave of, uh, of that coming into the church and, and globally. Uh, there's a new reformation of these things. Uh, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. So if you want to know more about your calling, uh, speak to me at the end. And uh, we, can, we can have a, a cup of coffee sometime or, or I, could, I could take you through how you find your calling in God. Ephesians chapter 4. If we've got this calling, there, there is a duty on us, there is a, 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 a duty on us, and I, I use that in a loving way, in order how we live, and that affects that calling. And Paul says, as a prisoner for the Lord, chapter 4, Ephesians verse 1, as a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy 
of the calling you have received. See, it's not only a matter of getting a calling uh, and trying to fulfill that call, you have to make a judgment call on the decisions that you make in your life in order that your life is lived in righteousness and in holiness uh, that no one can point a finger you know the world is the first to point a finger at you I never ever expected to hear you saying that ever had that and how you feel at that time you feel oh how I never ever expected you to take that attitude I never expect why because I expected something far different from you as a Christian and so it is Paul's saying here, you have to walk worthy of the invitation that Christ has given you to walk in the plans and purposes of God. And uh, it just behoves us that when we're walking, we remember that the world is looking. And not only is the world looking, but if you go to other, 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 other places, the angels are, are looking, they're watching. And, and imagine if they see you doing certain things, or, or watching certain things, or, or listening to certain things, or, or sort of telling there's certain kinds of things that are not really what a Christian should be speaking or telling. Imagine what the angels are saying. But I want to tell you, not as the angels watching, and not only is the world watching, but I want to tell you, Satan's watching. He is watching and listening to your every word. He's watching the places you go. He's watching what you're watching. And he then can come against you and say, Wow, <laughs> I thought you were a Christian. You know, I thought you were a Christian. I thought, I thought you were a follower of Jesus. And yet, what, what have you just been doing? You see, it's so imperative that we walk worthy of the calling. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we want to walk worthy of the calling that Jesus has given us? Because of the love that he has for us. Why wouldn't we walk in that calling worthily that pleases, uh, uh, that pleases him? See, I believe that, uh, that uh, if our life does not match your prayers, then Satan has an opportunity to challenge God on what you're praying. Job tells us that he's, he can appear before God and, and, and say certain things. And if you're praying for a certain thing and your lifestyle does not match it, he has got the right to challenge that. And so when, he, when you're praying, your praying has got to match your lifestyle. Because you are taking that lifestyle right into the very presence of God. And uh, I once heard of a, of a preacher who preached for a year and a half and never once opened his Bible or prayed. But because he had a natural talent. And then when he, so if he, if, if he was asked to pray at a meeting, uh, he couldn't very well say, no, I, I, he, he would pray. But Satan has every right to challenge that prayer because it wasn't a true prayer. You see, we need to live worthily of the calling that is in Jesus Christ. Let's turn over to, to Philippians uh, chapter 3. See, I, w- I want my life to count. You know, I really want my life to count in the kingdom. I really want my life to be, uh, uh, to be marked out as a, uh, as a life that lived for God, as a life that was, that was a kingdom life. And I want my life to, to make a mark here for God. And I believe that's all our desires, amen? That we really want to make our lives a mark here for God. That our, our lives make that mark. Uh, go to Philippians chapter 3 and uh, verse 12. We can start at verse 12 now. That I have, not that I have already attained all this or have been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenly in Jesus Christ. In other words, if you look 
got other verses. It's the high calling of God. It's that invitation that comes from God. And it's one that we've got to keep pressing into. Here's Paul at the end of his life nearly. He's in prison here. I don't know how long he's got to go in this life, but he's writing from prison and he's saying, I haven't reached it yet and you have never reached the fulfillment of your calling yet. There is always more to your calling and God is asking you uh, and Paul's asking you and the Lord Jesus asking you that you press through. I press on to order the mark, to the prize. I want to gain the prize. I want to get the well done good and faithful servant. Amen? Because uh, after all, our life is just a precursor to our life in eternity. And so it's wonderful that we have the opportunity here to walk worthy of that calling, but to keep pressing through the calling, no matter what your circumstances. Here was Paul, he could say, well, I'm in prison here. Jesus, why, why am I in prison? I'm curtailed, I can't do this. But he was able to write these beautiful letters that we still get so much from today. And God had a plan and purpose for him, and that was at that particular time. Look at what your circumstances are and move through them. Looking for that lighthouse that you've set. Reaching for the prize. Reaching for the prize. That high calling of Jesus Christ. That invitation that comes directly from him. You'll never reach the end of your calling. As long as you're alive, there'll always be your calling. I'll always be calling you forward. And pressing through and pushing through. Come on folks, let's make it an effort that we're going to, we're going to push through this morning. Amen? We are going to push through this morning. We're going to push through this morning. We're going to continue to push through and push through against all the circumstances, against all the enemy brings against us, because we know that our calling is from God. It's a high calling, far higher than anything that comes against us. It's not of the devil. It's not of men. It is God that's called us. And we want to push through it in that calling to know that when we reach the glory, God will say, well done. Well done. You pushed through. You knew what your calling was. You knew what I had called you to do. You push through, you push through. Now enter into the rest of your, of your, of the joy of your rest in heaven. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Let's be pushers through this morning. Come on, let's, let's be pushers through. Let's not let the circumstances defeat us this morning. Because the only defeat that we give the enemy is the ones that we give uh, our, our permission to. He is the father of lies. He, he might be telling you one thing, but I want to tell you this, this morning, God is telling you to push through. And you're calling because that is what God has given you. That's what Jesus has given you. That's what you are called to be to push through, to push through to push through in order that you get through and the enemy does not defeat you, he will lie to you, he will, he will bring you sort of twisted uh, ideas to you, he will, he will bring other people you didn't expect to try and turn you, but when you know what your calling is, you will then know that you are able to push through, let's go to our last verse and with, that I'll, with this I'll close, let's go to Second Peter chapter 1, I'd love to go to David but uh, we'll move to that another time one of my pastor friends was saying to me why do you always get asked back to their churches because I say I always leave them on a cliffhanger <laughs> <laughs> always, always tell them I'm going to speak on the next time <laughs> so, <laughs> so he says I must try that this is because a lot of places I go to never get asked back I says well always leave them on a cliffhanger and they want to know what you're going to speak on the next time so uh, that's my cliffhanger I'm going to uh, uh, the next time I come I want to speak on your calling apostolically because I believe it's so important in this time and day which let's go to say Peter chapter 2 and let us go to 
We can read the whole of Second Peter chapter two, verse three. His, his says his divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of Him who has called us by His own glory and goodness. That's our calling again. Uh, and through these, has given us great and precious promises. Never, never let go of the promises of God and keep adding to your faith. Keep adding to your faith. Keep adding to your faith. And then he says. Uh, if we don't keep adding to our faith, we will be in the doldrums. <laughs> it doesn't say that in the Bible, but the actual meaning is that it says that you, if, uh, if you don't push through, if you don't keep increasing, they will keep you from being, they will, because they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive. That's the doldrums. Ineffective and unproductive. Unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have it, he is nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that he has been cleansed from his past sins. Therefore, my brothers, be all the more eager to make your calling that invitation and election sure, for if you do these things you will never fail now that's a promise, okay that is a promise of God that when you do these things you will never fail and then he goes on to say uh, and you will receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ what a wonderful end the Christian has. Come on, isn't it? The Christian has a wonderful hope. The Christian has a wonderful end. But that calling, it calls us into salvation, calls us into service. He takes us through our life and uh, helps us to fulfill that calling. And then he gives us that wonderful entrance. You'll receive a welcome. The word is really entrance. And the Greek word is is ishudos, which means that that is the way in. That is what it is. You get the way in. It's the same word in John chapter, uh, John chapter 14. I am the way, the truth and the life. That way, it's the same word here. It's the way in. It's the way. I am the way. I am the way into all these things. And he is the way in to our eternal glory. What a prospect is yours this morning. Come on, isn't it? What a glorious prospect is yours and mine this morning to know that when we walk through this calling and we, we reach that, that day where we, are, we have that wonderful way in to the eternal kingdom and to hear these glorious words, well done, good and faithful servant, because you knew what the call of God was in your life. You fulfilled that call of God. No matter what the circumstances were, you pushed through because you realised it was a high calling. It was from the very throne room of God. And then you are now entering in to all that God has got for you in days that's yet to come. Hallelujah. We have a glorious end this morning. Amen. We know what the end of the story is. And we want to enter into it in victory. In victory. Knowing that we, like Paul, we have, we have kept the faith. And we have, we have finished the course. And God bless you. And I pray that we will walk in our calling because it's so important in these days because of the darkness that's coming. The Christians, the Ecclesia, the church, whatever you want to call us, the body of Christ needs to know what calling they're walking in and fulfilling it for his glory in this day and in this age. Amen.